following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. Good evening and welcome to Sports Info UM. Sam, how's it going? It's going good, Daryl. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Hey, let's get right into this um, game yesterday, man. The Washington Redskins and the Seattle Seahawks. Two rookie quarterbacks, Robert Griffin III and uh, Wilson, Russell Wilson. Both of these young guys look like seasoned veterans, to be honest with you, Sam. You know, and at one point, um, you, you definitely couldn't tell that they were rookies, especially early in the game when, when Robert Griffin was playing at a level that he had played at maybe three or four games ago. But as the game went on, we saw that um, an injury will catch up with you. Well, both of these young men, they've had outstanding seasons. They uh, they both led their teams to the playoffs. So for, for two young rookie quarterbacks to, to do that for their franchises, you have to be very excited if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan or Washington Redskins fan. Uh, but, but, you know, you know uh, that there had to be a winner and a loser. And, and right now my gut feeling is telling me that Seattle feels that they got the best quarterback in the whole NFL draft. You know, RG3 was the number two pick. Andrew Luck went number one. A couple of the quarterbacks went in the first round. But Seattle has a, a young man that's playing at a very high level. He, he had a very efficient game yesterday in Russell Wilson. Uh, he was 15 to 26, 187 yards and a touchdown. But the one play that sticks out in my mind is on a Marshawn Lynch touchdown. You see him running down the field to get a block. And uh, that just tells you the type of teammate he is. And he said he was trying to do everything Thing he can to help his team out and uh you know rg3 uh it, it was sad yesterday watching him play uh he he's a very uh he's a very rare talent that we're that we've seen in the nfl he ha- he's had an outstanding season but just watching him limp through that performance yesterday you know it was uh it, it was kind of sad yeah it was kind of sad and you know one more thing about this kid russell wilson he was a second leader rusher on their team with 67 yards eight rushes for 67 yards 8.4 yards a carry. Man, this young man is, is he's mentally tough and he's physically tough. And, no, you know, don't let size fool you. You know, a lot of people said um, Drew Brees was too short when he came into the NFL. Some, some people say Warren Moon did not enter the NFL until he had played many seasons in the, in the Canadian Football League because he didn't have a height that a lot of people in the NFL was looking for. And there's some other reasons why Warren didn't play. But... I don't think that height really is a is is a factor with this young man because uh, he's completing passes at a at a high level. Uh, he's playing at a high level and he's playing far beyond his years, man. 
the the one thing I like about Russell Wilson is uh as a young quarterback, uh I'm sure Seattle did their homework. He spent four seasons at North Carolina State. For his senior year, he went to Wisconsin because North Carolina, he decided that he wanted to play baseball in North Carolina State. They didn't want any part of that. So he went to Wisconsin. He learned the system. So coming in, a young quarterback, he's had several different offensive coordinators in college. He showed What, what he showed me was an ability to pick up a system quick. And for a young quarterback, you look at the Seattle Seahawks, how they, they more so managed him earlier in the season. Now they have given him the whole playbook. They're allowing him to play. They're trusting him uh, in their play call and it, and it's, it has really paid off for them. But uh, to me what makes this team go, their offense uh, besides Russell Wilson is uh, Marshawn Lynch. He's just, he's a low 20 carries, 132 yards, a touchdown. He had a big fumble yesterday but he he made up for it later on in the game. And, and they're a very physical defense. To me this is a team that no one wants to play because they're so physical on defense. They have uh, three DBs that's over 6'3", 215 pounds. And, uh, you know, Richard Sherman, he said it, that the Washington Redskins receivers wouldn't have much success against him, and he was very true. You know, RG3, he started off the game very well. He uh, had two early touchdown passes. He ended up 10 of 19 for 84 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. But after those first two drives, RG3 led drives in 41 minutes only led to four first downs. Um, he had drives of eight yards, three yards, 23, four, 17, and minus 12. You're just not going to win in the National Football League uh, with that type of performance. You, you're not going to win in the National Football League hobbling around on one leg. It's just not going to happen. You know, um, it, it, it's just really not going to happen. I mean, it's almost like the defense for the Seattle Seahawks smelt blood in the water, you know, and they really, really turned the juice up. And he, he could not, he, he could not perform. It's almost like when you take, when you take a Porsche and one of your spark plugs don't fire, the car is not going to run at the same level. And this kid is, is he, he suffered an injury that any speedster, any athlete that, that depends on their speed, when they suffer a knee injury, it's not an ankle where you could tape it up a little tighter. This is this is the this is the, the wheel that this is what makes the wheel spin. Well, you know, there was a lot of controversy about RG3's uh, injury, you know, when he got hurt on, on December 9th. Uh, Shanahan told um, reporters after the game that uh, the doctor cleared him. That's the only reason he was allowed to go out there for those four plays that he ended up limping off the field. Well, um, one of the best orthopedic doctors in the world, uh, Dr. James Andrews, uh, is also the Washington Redskins. Redskins team doctor and uh, it came out this week uh, a couple days before the game that he did not see RG3 uh, to clear him so you know that that there's a lot of controversy and uh, to me uh, it, it's definitely you, you definitely drafted this young man to be your franchise quarterback you, you gave up a lot of draft picks to get him with the number two pick why would you put the young man's health at risk and now it's uh, being reported that he's going to fly down to Florida tomorrow to see Dr. Uh, Andrews at his private office to uh, to get a second opinion because it came out today that it, it's possible that he has a partially torn ACL and um, LCL uh, 
a partially torn LCL. So, you know, your franchise quarterback, you don't put your franchise at risk like that. And there's going to be a lot of debate. Who's at fault? Was it Shanahan not protecting his uh, franchise quarterback? Uh, what role did RG3 play in this? He looked his coach in the um, eye and said, Coach, I, I, I promise you I'm healthy. You know, the doctor uh, – the, the doctor has to have enough courage to stand up to the coach. There's there's going to be a lot of debate and a lot of talk about this. Well, what's your take on that, Daryl? You know, um, Sam, I look at this young man and I say he's a rookie because a seasoned a season veteran would have known better than to put himself in that situation, to put his career at risk. And I'm telling you right now, if we look at Robert Griffin three years from now and we see him with a big knee brace on and we see him not being able to run that 4-3-4-4 speed that we saw his rookie year and he's not being able to be the quarterback that we thought he was going to be because of what he possessed with the speed and, and the agility, we're going to be looking back and saying, man, Coach Shanahan really ruined that kid's career. You know, if he had only just let him set out with a sprained knee from what they said it was in the beginning, and I really doubt that it was a sprained knee from the first lick that we saw him take three weeks ago. When you see your ankle or your knee go, when you see your knee go in a direction that it has never, ever gone in before, that's not good, Sam. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, uh, it's my bad. The correction to, to what I reported earlier was, Dr. Andrews pulled the plug on the December 9th game. That's why he didn't allow him to play in it because he, he was concerned about his health. And he was also concerned about his health going into this game. But, uh, you know, it's uh, definitely up to debate. You know, I also feel that the quarterback, uh, RG3, he played a role in it also because yes. some, sometimes you have to know when you got, you got to know your body, but, uh, you, you also have to trust the information that you're getting. If I'm a, if I'm an athlete and I'm told that if I wear this knee brace, it can cause no more structural damage to my knee, then I'm going to take the doctor at his word and, and I'm going to go out. The competitor in me, I want to go out and play. So, you know, you can't fault RG3 for want to go out and play when, um, the medical advice that he received said that he could do he couldn't do any further damage to it, and now he has a partially torn ACL and LCL. And uh, you know that maybe that's why a lot of athletes go get a second opinion because at the end of the day, these uh, the medical staff they work for the team. Of course, they work for the team, and I think um, I think the athlete really has to protect his brand, and his brand is his name. And I don't think RG. <laughs> Robert Griffin did a good job of protecting his brand, and 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 maybe I'm wrong for saying he should have he should have taken himself out of the game earlier. Maybe Shanahan should have taken him taken him out of the game in the in the second quarter after the after that serious injury that that he took at that point when he was limping, because he's not he's he can't help you when he's limping. I think they should have did a better job of protecting him with their play calling. You know, it was obvious that he wasn't the same, that he was limping. And for them to still be calling quarterback runs, I have a problem with that. You know, I don't have a problem with him wearing the brace to protect his knee. You know, you have to you have to alter your game plan. You have to allow him to to tap into that inner Peyton man and that inner Tom Brady and show that he can read defenses and, and make plays be, without his legs. And uh, he has shown that this year that he's more than capable of doing those things. I, I really take issue with them still running him like like he's healthy, like he's still running that four three forty. I would totally agree with that, Sam. Um, 
you know, come on, the kid was limping, it seemed like, from the first quarter. And they were running uh, quarterback sweeps. Um, and, and sometimes he couldn't even get out of bounds fast enough before he was taking serious licks. But, hey, Sam, you know, I guess we could probably talk about Robert Griffin um, for the rest of the night. But, hey, the, the, the Seattle Seahawks They're moving have, given, on. <laughs> have given themselves an opportunity to play the Atlanta Falcons. The, you know, the, the number one seeded Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta, in the Dome. You got Matt Ryan. You got Tony Gonzalez. You got Michael Turner. You got Julio Jones. You got Roddy White. You're going to have a fired up crowd in Atlanta. But uh, I, I tell you what, Seattle, the way they took that, the the the, the punch from uh, Washington, they, they stood in the face of adversity and said, this is all you got. I can see, I see Seattle going to Atlanta and getting the W. I, I can see Seattle going to Atlanta and getting the W because I really think that Seattle's defense is a little more stout than Atlanta. Now, can, can we really say that Matt Ryan is is a, is a much better quarterback than Russell Wilson? I put Matt Ryan on a level higher than Russell Wilson. Maybe not much, but Matt Ryan still has to prove something to, to Atlanta, to the NFL, to the fans around the United States, fans around the world, that he can win in the playoffs. He hasn't done it yet. Because, yeah, you, you definitely have to win in the playoffs. you got to win a playoff game before you can continue. You know, he was playing at a very high level early in the year. People were saying that he was going to – he was the MVP candidate, probably the midseason MVP uh, winner if you give award at midseason. But I'm really looking forward to the challenge of that Julio Jones and Rodney, Roddy White are going to provide these big corners from Seattle. Uh, to me, that's going to be the matchup that's going to determine this game. you got two big physical corners going against two big physical receivers. I hope Atlanta go to some bunch sets so they can't get up and press. But hey, guys, you're listening. You're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Sports Network. After this break, we'll be right back to recap the Green Bay Minnesota game. We'll be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports okay sports fans here's your opportunity to discuss football america's favorite sport on an annual basis millions of people attend watch and listen to football both pro and college ray ellis sports an internet talk radio show was developed with the fan in mind join host former philadelphia eagles and cleveland browns strong safety ray ellis on voice america sports every tuesday at 1 p.m pacific for exciting interactive football discussions from the fans perspective tune in every tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. You 
Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, Sam, on Saturday, the Vikings, hey, they look like they were lost out there on the field you know and, and and joe webb looked like he had not played a professional down of college football in his whole career you know and I, and, and you wonder if Kristen ponder would have made a difference in this game you know the vikings lost on um, 2014 and and aaron Rodgers, he was aaron Rodgers, but the vikings didn't really really show me a whole lot either uh not from not, the, the the Packers didn't show me a whole lot either. Excuse in, me. You know the one thing that, that I would say uh, the the Green Bay Packers they were determined to not let one person beat them. That one person being Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson had over 400 yards in the two regular season matchups versus uh, the Green Bay Packers. The goal was to stop number 28, put the ball into the quarterback's hands, whether that was Christian Ponder or Joe Webb. To me, that was a great game plan, knowing that everything revolves around number 28 for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, They did a great job of stopping Adrian Peterson and trying to force a quarterback that hasn't taken many reps this season into beating them. And, uh, and to me, that was just a great game plan. They didn't know until late that Joe Webb would be the starting quarterback. Uh, it, it's a game plan that worked to perfection. I, I do like that the Green Bay defense showed that they can play at a championship level and it's going to take a championship effort for them to go into San Francisco and beat another team that, that's similar. Oh yeah, you know, and and Aaron Rodgers, man, he's he's had a, a, another awesome season. You know, um, 371 completions, uh, 500, 552 attempts, 4,295 yards, 39 TDs. Hey, you know, he's he's had a Pro Bowl season, but are they really a, a playoff? ready team or are they really a a team that is almost is controlled by the passing game and if you can put some pressure on Aaron Rodgers if you can have some shutdown corners can you stop this team well uh that that's a really uh that that that's a good question but to me, the Green Bay Packers has been a team that has had a lot of injuries, uh, receivers. If, if it's not, uh, Jennings, it's, uh, Jordan Nelson, but it, it seems like everyone is getting the full strength at the right time. You know, they just got their defensive leader, Charles Woodson, back. Aaron Rodgers is doing a great job of spreading the ball around. The numbers speak for themselves. The one flaw I see with this team is a lack of running game. Uh, and to me, they're going to put a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers to be great. But Aaron Rodgers is a top five quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is an elite quarterback. There's no debate, no debating that he's an elite quarterback. Aaron Rodgers wants the ball in his hands. And a lot of times, you know, when you when you don't have a strong running game, you do a lot of stuff in a passing game on first down that that's really like a run. 
you throw quick passes here, you swing pass. Just it's just another way of saying, hey, we don't have a running game, but we'll take this four yard quick pass. But uh, I, I think that's going to be a very exciting game. Can they go to San Francisco and beat the San Francisco Forty Niners? The jury's still out on that. You know, they lost uh, thirty to twenty two to the Forty Niners in Week One, and uh, I, I really feel. That this outcome can be different this week. You know, the 49ers are going to have a, a second-year quarterback and Colin Kaepernick playing. Uh, they don't have Mario Mann in hand, so that means that's more reps for Randy Moss. You know, they got a, uh, Vernon Davis and, and uh, Colin. They still haven't developed a, a, um, a relationship where they feel comfortable with one another. To me, if you're, Green, if you're the Green Bay Packers, you have to do a great job in stopping uh, Frank Gore, and you got to limit um, – Crabtree's uh, touches, but uh, I, I really think that this this game is winnable. You know, the great defensive end uh, without uh, Justin Smith, he hasn't had a sack. So, you know, uh, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a great game. I think the San Francisco 49ers is a team like the Seattle Seahawks. They're going to play great defense. They want to run the football, but uh, they're going to have to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers because if you give him time, he's going to pick you apart. And, you know, one of the things that Aaron Rodgers don't have is a solid running game. And I think Frank Gore makes a big difference. And he's had a week off, had a chance to sit back, relax a little bit, get himself um, prepared for this game, probably nurse a few injuries that he's been dealing with. So um, I really, really like I really like the 49ers in this game. And it's not going to surprise me if they kind of blow this team out, the Green Bay Packers. And I say blowout. If you win by 10 points in the playoffs, that's almost a blowout, man. So you're picking the San Francisco 49ers over the Green Bay Packers? I'm picking the 49ers. I'm going with the upset. I'm going with Green Bay. That They're going to go on the road. They're going to get the victory. So that's – I got two road warriors so far. I got the Seattle going to Atlanta winning. I got uh, Green Bay going to San Francisco winning. Hey, but another game, man. You're talking about a lack of offensive firepower. The Houston – Texans hosted the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, you know, it was a, a hard-fought defensive battle. Uh, the Texans' defense has been really disappointing in the last uh, five or six games of the regular season, but they, they showed up this week. Uh, Wade Phillips, got he rallied the troops. They held Cincinnati to uh, 207 total yards. Uh, Arian Foster did a great job of rushing the football, 32 carries, 140 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, but uh, to me, those guys, the victory, it gave them a trip to New England, a team that really embarrassed them in week 14. So it's going to be very interesting to see what Houston Texans team show up uh, in New England. It is going to be interesting. And, you know, I was, I'd have to say I'm, I'm sort of disappointed in Marvin Lewis and the Cincinnati Bengals because they don't look like they really showed up for this game, man. And, you know, when, when you look at the game, you know, Andy Dalton, he, him and Green didn't connect like they could have and should have. Um, you know, their running game was just, just there. You know, um, I just, I just kind of disappointed in Marvin Lewis. I, I, I'm, I'm waiting for something to take him to the next round of the playoffs. To solidify, if nothing else, to solidify his job. You know, this man's job is on the line every year. Even when he make it to the playoffs, his job is probably going to be on the line. Well, uh, you know, you got to give credit to the Texans also. You know, uh, Matthew Schaub, uh, he had a decent numbers, 29 of 38, 262 yards and a, and a touchdown. To me, uh, just too many, uh, too many field goals in the red zone. They got to do a better job of taking advantage of uh, opportunities. Uh, they're definitely not going to go to New England and beat them by kicking four field goals. Uh, and you know, 
it, it's going to be tough going to Foxborough and beat the Patriots. But the one thing I do like is they really controlled the clock. They had the ball for over 38 minutes. And uh, to me, that's the recipe for victory. When you can run the football, uh, Foster did an outstanding job. Uh, again, 32 carries, 140 yards. You, you love that type of production out of a running back. If they can go to New England, establish the running game, uh, get um, Andre Johnson involved and uh, with some play action passes. You know, you never know what can happen. Uh, I, I'm just hoping they put on put on a better performance than they did in week 14 when they were embarrassed 42 to 14. You're talking about a team that uh, virtually had the number one seed throughout the playoffs locked up, just just couldn't handle the pressure, you know. They, uh, but, but when you win uh, – 12 games, um, you know, that, that's not easy to do in this football league. So you, you definitely have to consider them a threat. And uh, I'm sure New England will be ready, and I'm sure this will be a much uh, tougher game than it was in week uh, 14. Yeah, you know, and, and as much as I don't like the New England Patriots, I really think Bill Belichick, this might be his Super Bowl run. You know, he hasn't been in a while, and this might be the run for the Super Bowl for him. Hey, you never know. But, hey, another game, man. I I, I tell you, uh, I, I played linebacker. Uh, I, I played during the time that Ray Lewis uh, played at the University of Miami. I was at the University of Michigan. Um, you, and, you know, you, you watch other players, and he, he was always a guy that you watched and you admired. And uh, who would have who thought that 17 years later that, the man has had an outstanding career. Uh, he played his last game yesterday in Baltimore. Uh, you're, you're talking about not only an emotional leader, a physical leader, just, just a great player, man. And uh, uh, I, I don't care who Baltimore played yesterday. I, I really feel that they would have beat any team on this earth or any team in the NFL. Uh, they were determined to send Ray Lewis out the right way. And uh, what better way to do it than to beat the team that fled the city, uh, the Indianapolis coach, uh, Baltimore 24, Indianapolis 9. What was your thoughts on watching that game yesterday? Oh, man, you know, Ray Lewis, he went to the University of Miami. We're alumnus of the University of Miami. Um, both of us played there. Both of us won national championships. You know, I, I – I love the guy, man. I think he's 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 the greatest. You know, I've met him a couple times. Super person, you know. And and one of the things that sticks out of my mind is he said, "Hey, it's time for him to enjoy the tailgate. It's time for him to go and see his son play at the University of Miami." So, man, I can't wait to see him down there at the games. I can't wait to, to you know to talk to him again. And and um, he definitely is one of the most special players to ever come from the University of Miami. And when you hear people talk about him, it's almost like they're talking about this sacred guy, you know what I mean? How much he does for people, how much he's done, done, how much he's done for his community. Um, and in Florida and in, Balt in, uh, in, in Baltimore, Maryland. So, you know, he's a great guy. What, what more can we say that, you know, he's a, he's a legend, a living legend. We're having an opportunity to see a living legend with us now. Well, just hey, it was a great performance yesterday. You know, there was a Joe Flacco sighting. Uh, 
to me, the key to this team, if they're going to go to Denver and beat the Denver Broncos, they're going to have to get that running game that, uh, going that they had yesterday. Ray Rice and Bernard uh, Pierce combined for close to 200 yards. You know, Joe Flacco, uh, averaged about 23 and a half yards uh, per completion. They got to do a better job, uh, of getting Anquan Bolden involved. He had a big game yesterday, five catches, 145 yards, and a, and a touchdown. They're going to need that type of performance uh, if they're going to go to Denver and beat Peyton Manning. They're also going to need a very, very great defensive effort. I, I really feel that they have the pieces to put pressure on Peyton Manning. You have to make Peyton uncomfortable. If you're going to beat a Peyton Manning-led team, you got to make him uncomfortable. You can't allow him to do the things that he's most comfortable doing. Uh, but, hey, you know, there's a lot of great players on on Baltimore's defense, a lot of guys with a lot of pride. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this matchup. You know, man, um, when when the Giants won their first Super Bowl, Eli Manning, around the second round of the playoff, it looked like the light switch went on for him. He started making uh, completions. He started reading defenses. He started playing at a very, very high level. And we're still waiting for that from Flacco. Is this the year that a light switch goes on for him and we see a, 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 a premier, an, an elite NFL quarterback? You know, I really think the light switch can go on for him, and I'm hoping it does because I'd love to see nothing more than Ray Lewis go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. And let's not forget, the Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens were one pass, one pass, one incomplete pass in the end zone from going to the Super Bowl. Hey, man, anything's possible. But, uh, you know, in Eli's two Super Bowls, man, you're talking about just two of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history, the, uh, the Tyree catch and uh, Mario Manningham uh, catch on the sideline, man. Joe Flacco's going to need a little bit more than that. But, hey, anything's possible. Guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Sports Network. We'll be right back after this break. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the uh, coaching uh the coaching carousel and we're going to get into this BCS national championship game. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America sports. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info Young. Hey, Sam, you know, this coaching carousel with the NFL is, you, you just almost never know, is there, is there going to be any more casualties this year? I don't think so. I hope not. Um, but Andy Reid has found a job already. So there is still hope for and, some of these guys that lost their job. Yes, it is, man. I, I really feel that a lot of these coaches are going to be recycled. Andy Reid, uh, Coach Wizen, uh wasn't hot. Uh, it's possible that he's going to land somewhere. Lovey Smith is in the running for some jobs. Uh, also, another uh, coach, uh, Doug Maroon from uh, Syracuse University, he has some experience. From uh, he was a coordinator for the uh, New Orleans Saints uh, with uh, Sean Payton. He's co- he come from a, a, a great lineage of coaching of coaches with uh, the Bill Parcells and Sean Payton family tree. Uh, he's the fifth Bills coach since the uh, 01. And, uh, you know, um, a lot of people feel that uh, after all of the coaches are hired, that this guy's going to have the most success. Uh, a lot of people are very impressed with, uh, with this this gentleman. So uh, we wish him the best of luck. You know, he definitely have his work cut out for him uh, going to Buffalo. So uh, the jury's still out. You know, uh, the Lovey the Lovey Smith firing caught a lot of people off guard. You know, um, some some people say that receiver Hester was so devastated that he contemplated retiring. Um, I you know I guess once it's hard to see a man play such a significant role with this team and didn't look like he did enough to lose his job. I mean, they finished ten and six. I think he was uh, the the one thing that really hurt him is they got off to such a great start, a seven and one start. They kind of faded down the stretch, and uh, you know this is a result uh, driven profession. And uh, you know it, it was tough to see. Them. Most coaches they go ten and six, they make the playoffs, they don't lose their job. Uh, if the Bears would have got into the playoffs, this would be a, a non-issue. But uh, I, I really feel uh, a lot of franchises would benefit from hiring a, a coach of a uh, Coach Smith's character. And uh, I, I hope he land on his feet. Worst case scenario, he'll be a defensive coordinator somewhere. But uh, you know, we just wish him the best of luck, and uh, hopefully the Chargers make the right decision. You know, he also come from a great coaching tree that dungy tree you know guys that are uh that that do things the right way they treat people with respect and how they want to be treated it just goes to show when you're talking about players are talking about retiring uh that that just lets you know how they feel about the coach i i totally agree you know the, the jacksonville jaguars are in an interesting situation the general manager gene smith has been fired now gene smith brought in a lot of draft picks that fans in Jacksonville were not very pleased with. And he just brought in Mike Malarkey fans in Jacksonville were not very pleased with. Do you think Mike Malarkey is going to keep his job? Well, you know, it's it's not a good sign when um, when management has told the assistant coaches that they can uh, search for other coaching positions and uh, that the, the ultimate decision is going to be uh, left up to the new GM. You know, Malarkey, he doesn't have a relationship 
nine times out of ten with whomever, whatever GM comes in. And, and most of the time, when a GM comes in, he wants to have his guy, his coach, a guy that he's worked with that believe in what he's selling. So, you know, it, it's, uh, I would be surprised if he, if he, uh, if he keeps his job. You know, it's also rare that a coach gets fired after one year. So, uh, that, that's, that's working in his favor, but it's just not a good sign when, uh, your coaches are basically free agents and they're allowed to search for other jobs. I, I agree totally, man. And, and you know, I guess the question is, who will be Philadelphia Eagles' next next coach? You know, there are a lot of, lot of rumors about Chip Kelly, but, you know, when, when, when Nike get involved, money is no object. Now, is it, does, does, does Chip want to go and be an NFL coach, or does he really just want a $10 million contract? I, I really think that uh, I think he's interested, but I don't think he's interested enough to leave. And uh, I think his flirtation uh, this time around for two years in a row is going to turn off a lot of the NFL people. The next time that he decides that he really wants an NFL job, he's going to have to be all in. He's going to have to resign from um, Oregon and just let people know that, hey, I'm totally committed to doing this. Uh, but, you know, I, I just feel that his heart's in the college game, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's a, a very – he's done a great job at Oregon. He's a big-time football coach. Uh, you know, a name that, uh, that, that I really feel is going to start heating up and that's going to get some attention is uh, Jay Gruden, you know, uh, John Gruden's brother. I really feel that uh, he's done a great job with Andy Dalton and his development. Um, I'm sure he's going to get some looks for a head coaching position. There's going to be a lot of other assistant coaches that are um, that are going to get they're going to get some attention. The the coordinator Mike McCoy in uh, Denver, he's getting a lot of looks. Pete Carmichael uh, Jr., Bruce Arians, guys that are their name is starting to, to create a buzz in the coaching circles. Oh well, oh yeah, that's for sure. You know, and and, and there's still some teams out there that have a have a, that don't have a team. Yeah, yep. don't have, don't, they don't have a coach or a general manager. I'm talking about the San Diego Chargers. But, Sam, one of the names that I think we need to listen out for is Mark Tressman. You know, Mark Tressman coached at the University of Miami. He coached Bernie Kozov, Vinny Testaverde, and he was around when Jim Kelly was there as well. Mark Tressman has coached in the NFL. Um, he, 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 he won the Great Cup last year with, uh, with Montreal. Hey, don't be surprised when you hear this guy's name being called as one of the possible candidates to be a head coach in the NFL. You know, he, he was with the Vikings, Tampa Bay, Cleveland. Um, hey, he has NFL experience. Hey, guys, real quick, one a quick score update. The University of Alabama 7, Notre Dame 0, uh, 12 minutes and 3 seconds left in the first quarter. Hey, uh, you know. Speaking of that, man, it's, it's time to get into the to, to the uh, meat and potatoes of the show, the national championship game. Somebody's going to join that that fraternity that uh, me and you are proud to say that we're a part of, Daryl, being a national champion at the collegiate level. And, uh, you know, Alabama's going for their third title in four years, and you're talking about a Nick Saban-led team. Uh, just what are your thoughts on this matchup tonight and on this game? And they they have struck early. You know, I, I really think that Alabama has a little too much experience. And when I mean what I mean by experience, not only have a lot of these guys come back for their third appearance in the national championship, we're talking about a coaching staff that is coming back for their third 
national championship, a head coach that has been there three times. So he's been there more than three times, but this is his third time with this team. And I think that um, he just has a little bit too much experience. And when you talk about when you three three components to make a a championship, to me, is coach, quarterback, and you can take your pick, running game or defense, either one of them. And I think that Alabama has a better running game, and I think the defenses might be comparable, but Alabama would get an edge from me with defense as well. Uh, also, when you look at it, man, you look at the weekend, week out battles. Uh, Alabama definitely has an advantage. Uh, you know, they're, both teams had a lot of time off, uh, after their last game. Uh, something that you definitely have to factor in. Uh, the experience. Alabama has been there before. Like you, this is their third time in four years. They're, they're going for the repeat. They're, they're battle tested every week in the SEC. But the one component that I really love about the University of Alabama is they run the football, man. They play sound defense. And when you can run the football and stop the run, that's the recipe for victory. Now, when you run the ball, it allows you to play action pass. You look at some of the passes that their quarterback has to complete. You're talking about guys that are wide open. I would have to agree with you, Sam. You know, one of the things that that has bugged me a little bit, and it really might even not have a lot to do with football, but this game is being played on pay television. And, you know, it's disappointing to know because I was one of those people at one point in my life, I did not have pay television. ESPN, HBO, all these other channels. And I still don't have HBO in my life. But... It's disappointing to know that some kids around around the United States are not going to be able to enjoy this game like you and I or or a lot of other people because they don't because they don't have pay television. How do you feel about that, Sam? You know, uh, with the NCAA, nothing uh, never surprises me. But it, it, it's not just the NCAA. You know, it's the networks. There, there's a lot of uh, revenue being generated off these young student athletes, and uh, you know, it, it, it's about time that they they start getting a larger chunk of the pie. And uh, you know, I, I feel that the coaches are finally coming around to saying that hey, these guys need to receive some compensation for what they do. You know, we're making you got some coaches making over four or five million dollars a year and, and these young men they're getting room board and tuition and and they're saying, Hey, we're giving them a free education. Uh we're yeah. feed, we're feeding them. But uh you, you know it it, it's tough, but uh, everything is driven by the mighty dollar. So uh, until these young men uh, t- finally take a stand, uh, they're going to continue to be exploited. Yeah, I would agree with you, Sam. You know, the average price ticket for this game, $1,700. $1,700, the average ticket price, Sam. And, you know, I guess we don't really look at it like how many how many people understand that a part of their cable bill is going to be going to the NCAA. Hey, you you know, it, it, it's not just the cable bill; it, it's the the, the um, athletic directors pulling out of conferences. They're uh, trying to create the super conference. That they're, they're not really. Uh, they don't care about tradition anymore. It just seems that hey, we're going to go, uh, we're going to go to the conference that's going to um, that we're going to be able to generate the most revenue. Uh, I I really feel that everything is going to come 
come to the super conference that everyone talks about, which is four 16 conferences. It's probably going to be the SEC, the Big Ten, the Pac, uh, Pac-12, and some combination of the um, Big East and Big 12. And uh, it's going to be the haves and the, have, the have-nots. But, uh, you know, hey, uh, just think about the fraternity, though. Uh, t- t- tonight, there's going to be a, a team that's going to be they're going to be welcomed into that to that brotherhood. They're going to be able to call themselves a national champion. And you know, for me as a player, uh, you know, you go to college, and sometimes you have every player at every university. Their goal is we're going to win our conference championship. We're going to win the national championship. You know, uh, at some schools they're just dreaming, and and at some universities, your your dream can become reality. And uh, you know we were very fortunate that uh, we, we went to great universities. You went to the University of Miami. I went to the University of Michigan, and we were we were able to accomplish our goals, our dreams. And uh, you know tonight there's going to be over 100 men that are, that are going to be able to say they're national champions. If Alabama wins, it's going to be a repeat for some. Uh, but it, it's just an awesome and an, and an amazing feeling, and, it, and it's something that can never be taken away from you, you know. And uh, t- tonight uh, is a reward for all of that hard work and the sacrifice that you made, uh, being away from your family, uh, being away from your friends and loved ones. You, you know, you got to pay the price if you want to be successful. And uh, both of these teams, they've done a great job. They paid the price. They've worked hard, and they've done everything that their coaches and universities have asked them, and, and tonight one of them will be crowned. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back after this quick break with our last segment. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. 
That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. You know, Sam, you're just talking about this fraternity that you and I are part of. You know, I was very fortunate to win a national championship with the University of Miami in 1983. <clears throat> but we also played for two other national championships in 1985 and 1986. We lost to Tennessee in a Sugar Bowl in 1986. And then we lost to Penn State. And then we lost to Sugar Bowl in 1980. 1980 um, in 1987, we lost to uh, Penn State in the Fiesta Bowl. So, man, you you're so right. It only it, you can you can get so close to something, and and don't get it, and no one will ever remember how close you got to it. But if you get close to something and you get it, everyone remembers the winner. A lot of people never remember the second place team. Man. Everybody's gonna remember that national champion, man. I, I, I tell you, I go back to Ann Arbor to this day, and uh, all people want to talk about is the magical ride that we had in 1997. And uh, for these young men, like you said, it, it's like for some of them, they're gonna be so close but so far away. And uh, and for one team, it's gonna be wow, man. We've done it again, man. Like. That, that's your one shining moment, and uh, it, it's just an awesome, awesome feeling, and uh, it, it's truly a blessing. It, it, it's truly a blessing. You know, uh, a couple of years ago, I went on a cruise, and I, I wore my national championship ring. I used to wear the national championship ring only on the weekends and when I go out of town. And I was on this cruise, and this guy, he saw the ring, and we started talking about it. I was telling the University of Miami 1983 National Championship ring, and he was like, man, if I had that ring, I'd wear it every day. And I swear to you, Sam, since he said that to me, I literally wear that National Championship ring every day. You know, I have it on now, and I wear it every day. Man, I, I wear mine on uh on what I call special occasions, if I'm going out to speak to a group of kids and we're having a, um, an alumni meeting or something, if, if I go to a bowl game, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll put it on. But uh, I, I really keep it uh, locked up and uh, hidden, but uh, it, it'll never take away the, the journey that uh, we, were, we were both on. And uh, it, it's, a, it, it's a special feeling when you can be a part of something so great. And uh, a, a lot of times, you know, uh, as, as young athletes, you don't think that uh, something's bigger than you. But uh, we experienced our success in 97 when we allowed, when, when we learned how to become a family. You know, we had a lot of great teams at the University of Michigan, but we had also had a lot of selfish teams because guys were playing for themselves. When we learned how to play for one another and to become a family, that's when we experienced a great deal of success. Now, we had some great players, but a lot of teams have great players, and until they learn how to play as a team and as a family, it's going to be a – they're not going to have the success. Well, Alabama just scored a second touchdown, Sam, and um, it looks like it might be a long night for Notre Dame unless they can, you know, change some things. And uh, and and what's the, uh, the what Alabama's doing? What Alabama does uh, week in and week out? They're running the football. Eddie Lacy has uh, seventy-two yards, 
at, at this point early in the game. So uh, it, it, it's going to be tough. And, and the run allows them to be very creative in their pass game because when you're pounding the ball, you're pounding the ball uh, at defense. They're going to want to put that extra guy in the box. And then when, when you have a, a very creative offensive coordinator, they're going to play action on first down, and they're going to get one-on-one matchups. And, uh, you know, Coach Saban, man, what can you say? What can you not say about him? You're talking about one of the uh, a guy that's on track to being called the um, the goat, the greatest of all time, man. And uh, and uh, you know, I, I really think that he's driven to become the the greatest college football coach of all time. And uh, you know, if he win a couple more championships, he's definitely going to be in that conversation. If he win tonight, he's in that conversation. You know, uh, and. It, it's tough to go to a place like Alabama, and because um, because I, you know, in Alabama, the the, the man who everybody knows is Paul Bear Bryant, and uh, you know, Saban's doing he's doing a great job, man. Big shoes, big shoes to uh, to fill. Uh, he he's wearing those shoes well. They're starting to fit. Well, do you ever think he will? Maybe I'm not gonna say he. Can, I don't think he can ever take the place of Bear Bryant. But do you think he will? After this championship, will we start talking about about saving in the same breath that we speak of Bear Bryant? Because before, I don't think that's how it was. Uh, I, I, I think that uh, it's going to take a couple more championships. But what a, what a couple more championships is going to is going to do it in some people's eyes? They're they're going to say he surpassed the bear, and uh, you know that that those are big shoes to fill. But uh, you got to think about this generation that the generation that uh, that has that knows Alabama now. All they know is. Uh, the success that Nick Saban ha- has brought to their program, they 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 know the failures that uh that that were at the program before him, and uh, they realize all the success that he's uh, brought to the program. You know, you, you have to really go back in history, and if you want to know about the bear about the bear, but I, I will tell you what that is a football crazy state, and I'm sure that the parents or grandparents that the bear will never die in that state. He's going to live on, man. That hat. Let me me ask you a question, Sam. Which one of these coaches are we going to see in the NCAA at their present team the longest? Is it going to be Coach Coach Kelly or is it going to be Coach Saban? Uh, I'm going to go with Saban, and I say that because Saban is – He's pushing 62. I, I really feel that this is his last stop. You know, there's a there's always talk. Oh, Saban wants to go to the NFL. I, I think Saban has gotten over the NFL high. He's been there. Um, he flirted with the Miami Dolphins. It didn't work out. And and man, you, you're talking about a great landing spot, the University of Alabama. He has everything he wants in Tuscaloosa. I mean, to be honest, that job is better than most NFL jobs. Uh, you're probably right. Yeah, but you know some of these guys have an ego, you know, and I know I I I would agree with you. I think Coach Kelly probably has maybe one more season with this Notre Dame team, and he'll be he'll be um, looking at an NFL job next year. Hey man, the NFL guys are going to come, but hey man, you're talking about a, a, another great job. You're, you're talking about two of the most storied programs in the history of college football: Alabama, Notre Dame, Michigan. You know, it don't get no better than that, man. But uh, you got two. Two of the most storied programs in all of college football that's, that's playing on center stage tonight. But uh, hey, I, what I want to know is can Notre Dame 
take that punch? Can they get up off the ground and can they rebound? Because now they're facing adversity. And, you know, you got to be able to weather the storm. This is what those mat drills are for. You've been there. So now you got to just chop wood. You can't get 14 points back in one play, but what you can do is you can start chopping wood and you can start, you can start just, hey, getting a little confidence. We can do it. We can move the ball. Let's get four yards. Let's get five yards. We can do it. I don't, I don't see saving, saving, allowing Notre Dame to do that. And I don't see him allowing his team to, to, to give up that kind of, um, Lead, yeah, not to, to give up that kind of lead. I just don't see it happening. Hey, we 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 will see. Uh, you know, off the record, you know, when me and you were talking, I said I like them to win by at least two touchdowns. And man, they're up fourteen as if already. Uh, there's nothing like a great game. Uh, I would like to see a competitive game, but uh, I just say, hey, you don't you keep the you keep the Pedal to the metal, man. The pedal to the floor. And what Alabama's going to do, they're going to keep running the football. They got Eddie Lacy and TJ Yeldon. And, and if they don't have to throw the ball, they won't throw the ball. You know, their offensive line take offense when they pass the ball anyway. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM. Uh, time flies when you're having fun. Daryl, it's been a great ride tonight, man. Uh, I guess I'm going to go in here and enjoy this game. Uh, I want to thank, you, thank all our listeners, and uh, we'll be back next week. See you guys next week. It's always fun, Sam. Peace. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then. 